welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of the Sales Factory. I'm your host, Coach Carol. I hope you guys enjoyed Fire episode number three with my good man, Eric Trice. Man, that thing was a banger. I hope you had some good takeaways. If you did have good takeaways, I remind you, go leave us a review on wherever you listen to the podcast, Apple, iTunes, uh, Stitcher. They're they're all over the place. So uh, go listen to the podcast, and uh, if you're liking it, if you're digging it, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the episodes. Again, we drop the entire season on you on this one, so hopefully you're binge listening right along with me. I'm back here in the Create Makerspace studio in Lexington, Kentucky, in the podcast studio with the Road Podcaster Pro, all the things podcast. I'm your host, Coach Carol. Uh, man. How fire is it that the results that Eric saw in his business uh, over the past several years um, stemmed from just like learning, adapting, and pivoting? And that's really what I wanted to talk about in this short episode here, episode four, is the ability to pivot. You know, in the um, in the opener in the State of the Union, I talked about building a game plan, building a moat, but really understanding how to pivot and understanding how to take real time data, I think is super important because listen, as entrepreneurs, we're told, right? We're like, listen, you gotta stay the course because you guys think about fifteen million things at one time. Like I'm I'm guilty of that myself. But at the same time, you also have to be okay with pivoting. And so I wanted to share some advice with you that, you know, I share with my team and it's kind of like some principles that, that we live by. Um, and, and for, for us at our team, like I always tell my team members, like move faster, right? Like we have to go faster. Like judge, uh, judge Graham, one of my mentors, he's got a book called scale with speed. And it's like, you know, you do, you have to move fast in business. And so one of the, one of the like philosophies or principles that I operate my companies out of is move fast and break things. Now, Here's the caveat. Like this is the little like uh like the little the the the, the what's it called asterisk the little asterisk on the end there where it's like you know um, move fast and break things asterisk don't break things more than once. <laughs> you get me on that one. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, applause. Um, so the move move fast break things asterisk don't break things more than once. What do I mean by that? I mean that it is okay in business for you to move quickly for you to try to figure things out um, and, and to move in a way that shit gets broke, meaning that mistakes get made, balls get dropped, issues come up, and uh, that's okay because that means that you're moving fast. Now, I say you can't break them more than once because when you break something, there's a lesson to be learned. And that's what, it, what, and that's what I mean by pivoting. So if we're moving really, really fast and we break something – and we learn from it, then it's okay. We just pivot, right? So, like, if you guys are following me on TikTok, um, I think it's the real Coach Carol. Uh, you could probably just type in hashtag Coach Carol. But if you're following me on TikTok, then you guys probably saw um, some of the clips. Like when we started putting out content, I did like four pieces a day. Well, my team started rolling these things out, and I think TikTok's algorithm picked it up. And they stopped showing. Like, I literally, to this day, like, some of my TikToks um, from when we very first started dropping them, like, they still have zero views. And I'm like, how is that even possible? TikTok gets, like, just, like, gobbled up. Like, there's not enough content on that platform. People spend so much time on TikTok. Um, but for me, it's like, you know, my team members and I, we got together, and, like, Amanda Lyons is, like, our project manager. And I told her, I was like, hey, I, I think that we posted too much content too fast. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was like, why are you apologizing? You don't have to apologize. Like, 
I'm the one that said let's post four times a day. Like, you were just following the directive. We broke it, so let's pivot now, and let's go back to posting, like, one time a day for a week, and then we'll start scaling it back up and see if that, if that makes an effect. Um, I think too often in business we get set in our ways, and it's like, well, it has to work this, this one way because that's what the book said it has to do, and, like, it can only work that way. And I'm here to tell you, I have this giant quote above, like, on the wall. It's like vinyl letters on the wall above uh, in my office. You may have seen it, like, in some of my Instagram clips and things like that, but it says, imagination is more important than education. Imagination is more important than education. And here's why. You guys have probably heard me say before, like, knowledge doesn't necessarily have to come from college. You can learn from mentors, books, courses, masterminds. But imagination is more important than education because when something breaks and the engineers show up, if the answer isn't in the book, they don't know how to fix it. It takes someone, either one of those engineers or someone else that comes up that has imagination that says, well, I know this answer is not in the book, but what if we did it this way? And sometimes this way ends up solving the problem. And so, again, what I want to share with you in this episode is not to, like, don't be afraid to break things and don't be afraid to pivot. Because when you can break things, when you can move fast and break shit and pivot and not be afraid to fail, that's when the magic happens. That's when you really start getting some traction in your business. We have this uh, we have this little like diagram. I think it's on a blog post. If you go to coachcarol.com, um, you can see it's like the, it's called the the hiring diagram. And essentially like step 1 when we hire someone, it's like the interview process. It's the speed at which we want to move. I want to be crawling like a baby when I'm interviewing people. Like when I'm and when I'm in the hiring process, like I I want my answer to be no until the person I'm interviewing convinces me otherwise. Because the worst thing that I could do as a leader in the company is to hire someone prematurely that then comes in and fucks up the company culture. Because if you fuck up the company culture, then nobody wants to work there. Like, who who wants to be at a place where everybody hates their job? Like, I know places like that exist. I've consulted and, and coached companies where, like, I walk around, I'm like, God, these fucking people hate their life. There's no reason that they, they their their turnover is three hundred percent in the last twenty four months, right? Like, yeah, you have to understand that when I'm in the hiring phase, when I'm thinking about this framework, right? Like, step number one is the hiring or the inter like the interviewing phase, the hiring phase, all all of that that has to do with are we going to bring these people on board with us? In that phase, I'm crawling like a baby. All right. I'm crawling like a baby, and they're crawling like a baby because we're moving slow. I want to make sure this is the right hire. Then when we do make the hire, they move into the onboarding phase. In the onboarding phase, I'm just trying to get them to stand on their own two feet, right? Because they're, they're, they're brand new. They're like a baby. They're brand new. So, like, I'm trying to get them to stand on their own two feet and hold my hand as I start to teach them to walk in the business. That's the onboarding phase. When they come out of the onboarding phase, now I want them to start to be able to walk on their own. They need limited supervision. They don't, they don't have a whole lot of questions. Their questions have been asked because you train them properly in the onboarding process. They have a playbook they can go look at to see what is their roles and their responsibilities. They know where their seat is in the org chart, and they can start walking on their own. This is now where the magic happens. As a leader, it's my job to try to get this person 
from this like stumbling, bumbling infant stage, toddler stage, uh, not infant stage, t- stumbling, bumbling toddler stage to an all-out sprint as fast as we can. So we go from stumbling to walking to jogging to running to sprinting. Are you guys following me on this? So, so I'm moving really, really slow in the interviewing and uh, in, in recruiting process. I'm trying to get them to stand on their own two feet when they are in the onboarding process. And then once they're onboarded fully, I'm getting them to start like, okay, cool, you're on your own. I don't need to hold your hand anymore. Let's get you from walking to jogging to running to sprinting. And I want you bouncing back and forth between a sprint and a run and a jog, back and forth, back and forth. Because, listen, guys, at the end of the day, I don't care how high performance you think your employees are or how high performance they think they are. No one can stay in an all-out sprint all the time. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Nobody can stay in an all-out sprint all the time. And this is where a lot of bosses fuck up because they expect like this just maximum output from their team members all the time. And it's not going to happen. People have things that pop up in their life. Their grandma dies. Their parent gets sick. They have a kid that has issues at school. Like things fucking happen in life outside of your business that may be very well the center of your own universe, but is not the center of your employee's universe. And I think, I think business owners, entrepreneurs, like we need to be more conscious of that. But my goal is to try to get them to a sprint, and then when they need to cool off, pull them back, take them off the track like they're like high-performance racehorses, and, and you should be operating the same way as an entrepreneur. You, once you get to a certain level where you're like, man, I'm starting to feel a little burnout, good, go take a fucking vacation. Go take a break. You feel me? Like, like you'll take a break, and you'll come back feeling like this. <laughs> you guys like how I tossed that in there? I love this Roadcaster Pro, man. I'm not going to lie. Um, you guys are lucky I didn't have more time messing with these sound effects. But that that is what I mean by, like, trying to get these people onboarded and then pivoting. And so, like, when they're sprinting and they break stuff, roll them back to a light jog or a walk. Say, let's figure it out. Let's go back to the drawing board. Let's pivot. Cool. Let's go sprint again and break it again. Like, we're going to break it in a different way this way, like this time, because we don't want to make the same mistakes over and over again. But hopefully you guys are tracking me on this and you understand, like, that's the process. That's how you have to run your business so that you stay at peak performance. It's get the people up to sprinting. Let them break things. Give them permission to fail. Tell them it's okay. Tell them they're not going to get fired, like, the first time they break something. Because most of the time, unless you've given them express permission, like, and I'm, I'm telling you guys this out of experience. Like, this is not pontificating theory. I'm literally telling you, like, Amanda, my integrator, Amanda Black, she's my integrator, which would be similar to, like, a COO role. We had to have a conversation where I was like, I need you to run faster. I need you to keep up with me because you're slowing me down, and I need you to be something that helps speed me up. And she's like, okay, all right. Like, like you have, I call those coming to Jesus meetings. Like, you have to have those because unless you tell your team member that, they don't know. And they sure as hell ain't going to put their own ass on the line to figure it out. Like, well, I don't know if DJ will fire me if I fuck this up, but uh, hell, let's roll the dice and see what happens. Like, no, they're not going to fucking do that. It's not going to happen. So don't be afraid to pivot to change, to get your team sped up, to get them onboarded. And listen, if you need to go back and listen to this episode and draw that diagram out and write that down, please do. I'm trying to put you on game right now. I'm trying to give you advice and, and tools and tactics to help weaponize you, right? You're the next generation of business owners. You're the next generation of team members. Like, I want you to be weaponized. I want you to be able to operate at peak performance and put you at an unfair advantage against your competition. 
That's that's why I'm here. That's what I that's that's why I'm doing what I do. Yeah. That was good, man. Episode four is in a wraps. Next up, episode five, Richard Blank with the call center. I know you guys are gonna like this one. You better bring your ink pen. Your pen and your paper. It's the Sales Factory. I'm your host, Coach Carroll. I hope you enjoyed it. Episode four, that's a wrap. We'll see you in episode five. Hustle, it's worth it.